0: But we'd love to have you join us if you'd like from 6 to 7. And then at 7 o'clock we we talk about and we share uh, what the Lord's speaking to us and the prayers that we are speaking to him. So we'd love to have you join us. But then the fourth ingredient is when we come together here on Sunday mornings and our sermons are based on something that we read that past week. But what we're also going to do as part of this is we're going, because the Psalms were originally a songbook. The psalms were originally a songbook. The, the Jewish people used them to worship. And in the early church, it wasn't until like the 1500s that non-traditional psalms were allowed into the church. It was v- singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. 700 years ago might have got you put in the Tower of London because they only sang the Psalter. But uh, for, for hundreds of years, they sang the psalms. And so each Sunday before we have this sermon, we're going to sing a psalm. And today is an oldie, 1956. That was a very good year. God made some of his finest, most humble servants that year. Go figure. And uh, so the psalm is from, let's see, Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4, I believe. How many know this golden oldie? Oh, it's that old. And it's and it's straight oh, wait a minute 1956 they were only reading the King James version back then. And this is a simple chorus that says thy loving kindness is better than life. You're supposed to sing with me. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee, I will lift up my hands unto thy name. Now, in the Old Testament, it wasn't some charismatic experience. Lifting up of hands, talking about prayer, they would lift up their hands in the name of the Most High God. So they were talking about that, but it's also a way we express our worship. It says... I lift my hands up unto thy name. I lift my hands up unto thy name. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands unto thy name. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. oh, this week, and I encourage you to take out your sermon notes. They're in your does anybody need a pen? Does anybody need a pen? We will bring you one if you need one, if you want to take sermon notes. But this week Our springboard text, the the scripture verse that we're going to jump off from, is Psalm 9, verse 10. We would have read it during this week. Can we read this together out loud? This is our text for this morning. This is the word of the Lord. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who trust in you. Those who know your name. And, And... We are going to do a whole sermon series, the Lord willing, in October about the name of the Lord. And our study groups on Tuesday night will switch to talking about the names of the Lord. But on your notes, you'll see this. God, so this is like a little tasting test for for October. But it's also so many verses in the Psalms call on us to praise the name of the Lord. And then it gives us all kinds of names and titles of the Lord in the Psalms. So we're going to take one day to talk about that. On your notes, God speaks to us, and that's one of the things we're learning about in the Psalms. God speaks to us, we speak to him. God speaks to us through a myriad of different ways. Some people God speaks to through nature. Some people God speaks to through music. Some people through books and reading. God speaks in different ways. One of those ways is through... His names, I should be, I think the next, is there a slide for this? His names and his titles revealed in Scripture. One of the ways that God will speak to you, one of the ways that God will speak to me is through his names, and his titles as they are revealed in scripture and the the scripture says those who know your name will trust in you because when you come to know his names and they become real to you and they become part of your innermost being it builds faith and as we know his name he he blesses us and and he's there with us so we're going to talk about that this morning um Oh. so yesterday being the spiritual giant that I am I was swimming in the pool at my apartment and I was thinking being honest with you I was thinking Lord you know I want to call the people to action I want us to be the church that's impacting the community and reaching out to others and, and and I was kind of beating myself up a little bit and I said Lord I don't know how this psalm series is doing that uh, what should I do and, and it was as if It was as if the Lord... um, I I, I wrote this down. Lord, what does our message tomorrow, for that matter, the whole series on Psalm, give people in our congregation to go out and do something that will change the world? Then I remembered the mission, which is posted in our entryway. It says this. We believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God. It is therefore the ultimate authority in all matters of faith and practice. Our mission? Preach the word edify the body, reach out, and transform the world. That's the mission of Second Union Church. Preach the word, edify the body, reach out, and transform the world. My job, what a blessing, what a blessing. My job is to preach the word and edify the body. In other words, the goal is, the hope is, that as you hear God's word, as we learn about his name this morning, it will edify you. It will build you up. You will become stronger in your faith and that you will go out and touch your world. That we are the church and we'll reach each other. And as we journey through Psalms, that's my prayer, that God will speak to you. Um, Okay? On July 8th, July 8th. It was a few days after because remember originally I was brought here for nine weeks, June 1st through the last Sunday in July. And it was a few days after the search committee had said, Oh, why don't you stay a little longer? And I said, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And um and the Lord spoke to me. I have this and I keep this on my computer monitor. And it says, Focus on reading, it's in red ink, because I felt like God spoke to me. Focus on reading the scriptures to the church. Encouraging believers and teaching them, 1 Timothy 4.13. That's my trust. That's what God has entrusted me to do as long as he has me here. And I even dated it, 7, 8, So this is like the little parenthesis. But my hope, my goal, my prayer is that as we learn the word together, as God speaks to us, and this morning he speaks to us about his name, we will be edified. You will be edified. You will be built up, and you'll be ready like, bring it on. I want to say, bring it on, baby, but I probably should say, bring it on, beloved brother and sister in Christ. Uh, I am ready to go reach my world for Jesus. That's what we're hoping for. The name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. There are so many scriptures that talk about the name of the Lord. Let me give you, and it's in your notes, some of the the psalm the instructions to psalm give us number one psalm 61 8 it says these words psalm 61 8 i will continually sing of your name sing of his name sing of his name Uh, we're going to do that at the end of the sermon this morning we're going to sing a wonderful chorus about his name but he loves it when we sing to him And there are so many wonderful hymns of the church and and current worship choruses that talk about his name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No other name but the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. His name is exalted. But God calls on us to sing praises to his name. He likes it. He likes... Some of you maybe aren't virtuosos in singing. But he loves to hear you sing. He loves to to hear us sing. Psalm 91.4, when we know his name, he promises to protect us. When we know his name, he says in Psalm 91.14, I will protect him, that would include us, because he knows my name. There's something about knowing the name. For those of you who are reading through the Psalms and we're keeping a journal, what I do, and I know you're you're probably getting tired of me talking about my journal, but live with it. Um, I, uh, I, I when I'm as I'm reading through the Psalms, I write down his different names, and and and. Uh, it, it builds, I can't explain it, but as the Holy Spirit quickens, and I realize you are our God, a God of salvation, Psalm 68, 20. You are, oh, I'm reading Exodus too. The God of your father, he's my dad's God. I, ha- My earthly father, Robert Raymond Parker, I had a godly father. Uh, they, but, and, and there's something that builds faith as we know his name, and he protects us. Psalm 122, which is one of the Psalms of Ascent. Psalm 120 to 134 are called Psalms of Ascent. Three times a year, the Jewish people were required to go to Jerusalem for three different feasts. And as they were going to, this, to Jerusalem, they would sing these psalms. Psalm one, and if you look in your Bible, in the, in the title a above it'll say, A Psalm of Ascent. As they were ascending, as they were going up to Zion, they would sing these psalms. Psalm 122 is one of them, and it says this, The children of Israel would be singing, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And you know what it says after that? To give thanks to the name of the Lord. When the children of Israel were returning for these three festivals, yes, there were very specific offerings that they had to, to offer. But they were also going to the house of the Lord, to the temple, to give praise to the name of the Lord. To give praise to the name of the Lord. So a key way that we worship him is to give thanks to and exalt the name of the Lord. A key way to worship God. You can do it when you're all by yourself. You can do it in the shower. You can do it in the car. Maybe don't do it in front of other people because they may think you're a little strange. But a key, except when you're in church, a key way to worship is to give thanks to and exalt the name of the Lord. Amen? Let's go to the next one. Psalm 124.8. David, King David declared, Our help, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. His name is a source of help. Oh God, you are my fortress. You are my strong tower. You are my shield. When you're at work and you feel like people are just like, Bing! Or there are people who are stabbing you in the knife, They're stabbing you in the back with their words or they're talking about you. No, 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 no. You are my shield, Lord. You protect me. You keep me safe. My help is in the name of the Lord. When I am sick, you are my healer, Jehovah Rapha. When I am in need, my help is in the name of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Our help in the name of the Lord provides help in times of need. That should have been the next one, I think. Let's see if we're on it. Oh, oh, I guess I missed that one. And Psalm 6930, this last one here. Oh, look at this one. Look at this one. If we're talking that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him fully forever, that we gather together to worship him and to praise him. Look what it says here. I will praise God's name with song and exalt him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord. And if you read it in context, it says more than offerings of, of all this different stuff. This will please the Lord. One way that I please him is to praise his name in song. It, they, uh, and, and actually this psalm is on the title, it says a psalm for the Sabbath day, where it says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praise to your name most high. There's a lot of different psalms that talk about his different names. But let's go to your notes. Let's get to the actual name of the Lord. Anybody want don't, to, don't switch it yet, Stan. Anybody want to guess what is the most frequently used name for God in Scripture? Anybody want to guess? I'll give you a dollar. I'm the last of the big, oh, we talk money and Ed's hand goes up. All right, Ed, what do you think it is? Oh, can you be more specific? This is like Jeopardy. Can you be more specific? The Lord. Can you be a little more specific? Tell me how you would spell that. Oh. Excuse me, people watching on TV. And uh, for those of you who are in the Tuesday night group, I've given away a few $1 bills this week, but the Tuesday night group knows what that means. Okay, um, the most frequently used name is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now if you're, re- and this is important. This is, this is kind of important. And we're gonna skip down just for a minute Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is his name. Capital, go to the next one, Stan. I hope I got this right. The next one, capital L, lowercase o, lowercase r, lowercase d is his title. Okay? If you are a lawyer, you are Licenciado Ramirez. Licenciado is your title. It is not who you are. It's not, it's your title. Your name is, Hector. okay, my name is Daryl James Parker Whitehead. I love being in Puerto Rico and Hispanic countries because I get to use my maternal apellido and I'm very proud of my maternal grandparents. But that's my name. Now, when I first moved to Puerto Rico and I had been teaching school for three years, I hadn't been called Pastor Parker in three years. And I got very used to being called Daryl. And I met the first few people that came to church, and I said, oh, just call me Daryl. And then a leader in the church very wisely, I believe, counseled me and said, you know, you probably should have a little title of respect and go by either Pastor Daryl or Pastor Parker. And I said, oh, okay, 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 okay. So Pastor Parker is my title, but it is not my name. My name is Daryl. And, and when, I, when Kim and I go to bed at night or when I kiss her goodbye in the morning, she doesn't say to me, Goodbye, Pastor Parker. You know, I love you, Pastor Parker. Why? Because there's a relationship. And when you have a relationship with somebody, you call them by name. You don't call them by title. Let's go to uh, Exodus 3, 13 to 15. And I believe it'll be up here. But it is also on your notes. But I'll read the whole thing. Here we go. Are you with me? We are a quiet group this morning. That's okay. This is from the story about God calls Moses up onto Mount Sinai. And that's where he says, you know, take off your shoes. You're in holy ground. And God reveals himself to Moses. Uh, Moses had been out in the wilderness for 40 years. He'd been a long 40 years. And God reveals himself into the burning bush. And God says, oh, uh, I want you to go back and deliver my people. And so this conversation goes on. And Moses, it says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am, and it's all in capitals in your scripture. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. I, I, this is kind of important in our worship and things, So, but yet it's still kind of like a lot of... No, but look at your notes here. Look on your notes. Yahweh... Is a transliteration put into our language for us of the proper name, capital Y, capital H, capital W, capital H in Hebrew, rendered Jehovah. It is usually rendered the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Note the use of capitals in all the letters. So whenever you're reading your Bible, and then L, lower O, R, case, lower R, D, would be like, master. In in our society today, sir. It would be a title of respect. But so, and a, a, a slave in the days of that horror would never call his master by his name. You know, it would be, you know, but someone in relationship would call them by name. When it says capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is implying that you're in relationship with him and you are calling him by name. And what does that name mean? Once again, it was kind of long, so I put it in your notes. It's in your notes. Lord, which what we have today is saying, I am that I am Jehovah. Whenever you read capital O, L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that really means Yahweh, Jehovah, his eternal name is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. I am that I am. When you say, praise the Lord, you are saying, I praise the one who is self-sufficient. Nobody created him, he doesn't need anybody, he is God, he is self-sufficient, he is self-existent in himself, but he is immediately present. I am that I am, I'm right there. God's existence, Is not contingent, continuing on your notes, upon anyone else. God does not need us to be. God simply is. His plans are not contingent upon any circumstances. Well, if this happens, maybe I can work it out. No. God is absolute. His plans are not contingent. He promises that he will be what he will be, And everything we're going to read about him, he always was, he always is, and he always will be. He will be the eternally constant God. Eternally, he is the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is I am that I am. He stands ever-present and unchangeable. I'm reading straight from your notes. Completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills to do and accomplish what he wills to accomplish. And when we say praise the capital L, we don't even realize we're saying praise the Lord. Psalm 103, we read it this week. Bless the Lord, capital O, capital R, capital D. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. It's almost repetition. In Hebrew it is bless Yahweh, bless the Lord, bless I am that I am. And all that is within me, bless the Lord, bless the eternal one, bless the self-existent one. That is who our God is. Amen. In Exodus 15, 3, after Israel had been delivered through the Red Sea and then the the Egyptians had drowned and the children of Israel sang their wonderful song of victory, we read these words. I think it's going to be the next slide. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. The Lord. Now, this is what we're going to talk about in October. October's going to be good. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is his covenant name. I am that I am. And then throughout Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, he would reveal more of himself with his names. Next on your notes. Lord Sabaoth, which means... In, in modern Bibles, and if you have an old King James Bible, it still says Lord Sabaoth. But in, I don't know any other translation anymore. It means Lord of hosts, Lord of heaven's armies. In your NIV, whatever you're reading, it will now translate it Lord, capitals, of hosts, Lord of heaven's armies. Lord Sabaoth, can any, oh, let's, let's go for it. Ed, you are not eligible Can anybody tell me a hymn, a famous hymn, that has the name of God, Lord Sabaoth, in it? Anybody at home? (laughs) She's going to Google it. Nobody? I'll give you the second verse to the song. It says this. Did Did we, in our own strength, confide our striving would be losing were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing, dost ask who that may be, Christ Jesus? It is he, Lord Sabaoth, his name from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. Woo! Woo! Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. And when we say that, it is implying on your notes, he is absolutely powerful, and he is absolutely sovereign. And I am his child, so don't mess with me. That's what I would say to the enemy, not to you, but to my enemies, my Ephesians 6 enemies. Lord, wait, 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 wait. Take out your hymnal. Take out your hymnal. Let's do this. It's not in the sermon notes, Stanley. Don't want to throw you off. But a mighty fortress is our God. you got to look at this hymn. We're not going to sing it. We're not going to sing it. We're not going to sing it. A mighty fortress is our God. What page is it? Five oh seven. Sometimes we. Did you know? Do you know where the tune from "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God" comes from? Here's your little another bit of trivia. It was a German drinking song. Yes, the melody for "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God" was a contempt. When Martin Luther was alive, it was a contemporary tune that they sung in the German pubs. And Martin Luther took a a melody that everybody knew and he put a Christian song to it. Very controversial in his day. Look at these words. Look at these words. We'll sing it on Reformation Sunday, the last Sunday in October. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Oh, would that not be our country today? Mortal ills prevailing? For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. That's true. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. Talking about the enemy of our soul. On earth is not his equal. We already read verse 2. Let's go to verse 3. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. That word above all earthly powers, Jesus, no thanks to him abideth. The spirit and the gift are ours through him who with us sideth, Jesus. Let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Lord Sabaoth, Lord of heaven's armies, Lord of the heavenly hosts. He is absolutely powerful and he is absolutely sovereign. Let me give you one more name. One more name. And we talked about this briefly last Sunday, kind of like hopefully wet your appetite. It's not one of the more well-known covenant names of God. And it, on your notes, Jehovah Hosinu in Hebrew, and that's how you'd say it in English, which means the Lord our maker. And it's found in Psalm 95.6 where it says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, capital O, capital R, capital D, our maker. Hebrew, Spanish in some ways is like Hebrew. In Spanish, we, like we have one word in English, no. I know, I know the answer to that question. I know Douglas. But in in Spanish, we have, yo sé la, 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 la respuesta a su pregunta. I know it, pero yo conozco Douglas. Two totally different meanings of the word know. In Hebrew, it's the same. There is a word for make, create, in this case, maker. There's one word that means to make something out of nothing. It's the word that's in Hebrew that's used in Genesis chapter 1 when God just spoke and it came into being. That's one word for make. But there's another word that is used here, and it's based on the word hosinu. And it, let me tell you what it means. i got to read it to make sure. To, I'm taking this. I had already exists. Perhaps that is flawed and remolding and reshaping it, cutting away that which is defiled. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, someone who takes something that already exists, someone perhaps that's flawed, and he remolds us and he reshapes us, cutting away that which is defiled. It's the same word that's used in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9, where it says, Woe to the one who argues with his maker. Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop, you've done it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? Later on in Isaiah, it says, We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. One more passage to help us because I hope that at the end you can this clicks. Jeremiah 18, 1, 6. It's a long passage. The Lord gave me, Jeremiah, another, gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I'll speak to you there. So I did, as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do the same to you as the potter has done to his, this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hands. He, that's the word, that's the term that we get this name Jehovah Hose knew from. He is the Lord, our maker. And when we fail, when we sin, When we are flawed, when we are not perfect, he remakes us and he remolds us for his glory. And on my notes, and I have, this is not Hebrew, this is the Daryl Parker translation. He is the God of second chances. He is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and 4,800,076 chances. He is Jehovah knew the God who takes our broken and our marred lives by sin, and he makes something beautiful. I read a book not too long ago, and I read this, and I put it in your notes. I love this. I wish I could have said this myself. The Lord arranges our slips and falls into a divine dance that redeems the chaos. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I thought it was great. The Lord arranges our slips and our falls, our mess-ups, our, even our sins and our failures, and he turns them into a divine dance that redeems the chaos. When I was a little boy growing up in Phoenix, it was much smaller than it is now, and way out past Bell Road, they decided to put this dump, a city dump, and uh, they dug down because it was outside of town. They dug down, and and that's where they made the dump. And then they built it up a little bit, and then eventually they closed the dump. Uh, The city of Phoenix grew. (laughs) You know what that dump is now? A very expensive golf course. That's who Jehovah Hosinu is. He takes our lives when they're garbage heaps, and he turns them into beautiful, green, lush golf courses or pastures. Has he done that in your life? He'd done it in my life. Amen. All right. Oh, so on your notes, let's, let's wrap this up. I'm going to go quickly. Not only does he give us names, this part goes real fast, but there are also titles. They're not really covenant names. They're just titles. And these are some that I read this week. just happens that we read them as we are reading through the Psalms since we started this. Psalm 121 on your notes. He is my protector. He is my protector. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And just so you know, this maker is, is the other Hebrew word. This is not Jehovah Hosenu. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector, your protector will not slumber. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. I'm not making this up. This is how many times it's in that psalm. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going, both now and forever. When you're going, you know what? When Kim and I were in China and we would travel a lot, and then we'd come home in the summers and we'd make our little missionary trips around the United States in the car, this is a verse I would pray. Lord, you will protect our comings and our goings. Wherever you're, he is your protector. He is your protector. He is your protector. When you're afraid, Lord, be my protector. Be my protector. Be my protector. protector. Amen. Let's go to another one. Psalm 63, verse 7. He is my helper. When we confront situations, there's just no way I can handle this, Lord. There is no way I can handle this. There's no way I can handle this. I need you to be My helper. When you feel like you simply can't make it and you can't go on, that's when you cry out like David did in this psalm. And when he wrote the psalm, he was in a barren wilderness being chased by someone that he thought loved him. He cried out, Because you are my helper, I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. He's our helper. If I can, I hope sometime this week one of these is what you need, and you say, Oh, I remember that in the sermon, or you come in contact with somebody this week who's going through a difficult situation. The Lord can be your helper. They may look at you like, Yeah? Or they may say, What? Maybe that's your chance to share with them. The next one, oh, oh, oh. Psalm 65 2. He is called the one who hears prayer. If you're taking notes, the one who hears prayer. We sang it this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. God hears prayers, God hears your prayers. All right, folks, how many believe God hears my prayer? And the rest of you, I would love to talk to you about this God of ours. God hears our prayers. We are not deists. I've said this almost every week, it seems like. We do not believe that God created the world and walked away for it to wind down. We believe in a God who is intimately involved in our lives, and he hears our prayers. Amen. Amen. And I'm praying that he grows this church and he blesses this church and he smiles upon it with his favor. And you watch and see. You watch and see. Oh, well. Psalm 99, verse 8. Oh, he is a forgiving God. I need that one. Lord our God, it says. And this was the Israel, and they were speaking of their many sins. In context, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them. He never changes. God is a forgiving God. You can never outsin the grace of God. You can never outsin the grace of God. You can never. Sin, the grace of God, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. He is a forgiving God. And when the enemy comes in and gives that condemnation junk on you, you just say, no, 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 no. As far as the east is removed from the west, so far as he removed my transgressions from me, He is a forgiving God, and. Oh, Whoa! All right. Well, wow. Psalm 103. Oh. He is a forgiving God. Is it up there? It's not up there. Okay, we'll keep going. Can I tell you a verse you should memorize? 1 John 1, 9. We use it to tell people that when they want to become Christians, that they should pray and confess their sins and they'll be forgiven. 1 John was not written to non-Christians. 1 John was written to the believers. And in that verse he says, If we, believers, confess our sins, he is faithful, faithful. you can count on him, he is just. It's just because God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I grew up Pentecostal, and I thank God for my heritage. I thank God for my heritage. But when I was a teenager, everything fun was a sin. You know, you know like, oh. I don't know why anybody would've wanted to join our church because the lists of you can't do were more than the things you could do. And of course, when you're a teenager, you're gonna do what you're not supposed to do. I knew Romans 7 backward and forward. I do the things I don't wanna do, and I don't do the things I wanna do. What a wretched teenager I am. And, of course, then you got the Pentecostal church, and I, wait a minute, as much as I make fun of it, I thank God for my heritage, but it's like, you are evil, you are bad, you are a sinner. Until I came to know, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, and as far as the East is removed from the West, so far as he removed my transgressions from me, he is a forgiving God, amen? Let's wrap it up with Psalm seventy-one. Now, what are you going to put on Psalm seventy-one? You choose. Here, I, I got a little challenge for you. As we, I'm going to read this psalm to you. As we read it, see if you can find a title for the Lord. Okay, you are my hope. I will never be hopeless. My confidence from my youth, now that's one of my favorite ones. When I was a teenager, I'm surprised that Kim loved me. I was really skinny, it's hard to believe now. I had really bad acne, really, really, really bad acne. They used to call me strawberries because my face was all red and pitted, that's true. When I got my senior picture, wait a minute, nobody loved me in this life, other than Kim and Jesus, more than my mom. But I got my senior picture and they were so ugly that she took me to JCPenney's to have the doctored up ones. My old mother, ugly, I was really ugly. I was a little bit, to be honest with you, a little sissified, I was, you know, and uh, not real popular. And my confidence was in the toilet. And then the year between 7th and 8th grade, I had this wonderful encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he changed my life around. And when I see that one, he has been my confidence from my youth. And he changed something in me. He just, oh. I have leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. This is a psalm that the psalmist wrote. My praise is always about you. You are my strong refuge. Oh, there's another one. My hope, Lord God, my confidence for my youth, my strong refuge. My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long. And this, oh, if you read this psalm, on the title it says, the song of an aged, of an aged man. That would be me. Okay? Um, look, look what it says here. I will hope continually and praise you more and more. Oh, and if you read the whole psalm in verses 10 to 13, he's telling everything that bad going on. But in spite of that, he picks it up and says, I will hope continually and will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day. Oh, I left that out. Don't discard me in my old age. Okay? Salvation all day long, though I cannot sum them up. God... You have taught me from my youth. I have a question, just out of curiosity. How many of you have been Christians since your youth? Aren't you glad? God has taught you from your youth. And I still proclaim your wondrous works. Even when I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me while I proclaim your power to another generation. Amen. A generation of people, one senior who just got his senior ring this week, but I'm not going to look up because I would embarrass him. Your strength to all to come. Your righteousness reaches to the heights, God. You have done great things. God, who is like you? I will praise you for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you, Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you have redeemed me. This was a psalm that was written thousands of years ago, but... And actually, I wrote it to my Tuesday night partners at they, because it's such a great psalm to pray today. And it closes by saying, and we're up, yes, it closes by singing, I will sing, saying I will sing to you, Holy One of Israel, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you redeemed me. And we're going to sing a song that lifts up the name of the Lord, and it's actually going to be our closer today. but it's just I love this song because when you get to the refrain, the chorus, it, it lifts up some of his names, and uh, you may not know it, maybe you do, but we'll learn it together and, um, and so here it is on the screen. I guess I'll stand here. Here we go. Uh, we're going to the first time we'll sing it for you and maybe with a flute, and you can learn it.